You're listening to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. Today on the show, Linda Mingus is here from the Gaston County Cooperative Extension. She's going to be doing a monthly series with us as part of the Savvy Citizen Podcast, and we're really excited to have her. Today, she's going to be talking about med instead of meds, how the Mediterranean diet can be helpful to a lifestyle change and not just a diet change. So we're here with Linda, Linda Mingus. Got it right this time because I think it's the last time I said Mingis. Linda <laughs> Mingus, and she's with the Gaston County Cooperative Extension, and that is part of the North Carolina State Cooperative Extension kind of system, right? That's correct. So you guys work not only with um, folks here in Gaston County, but you guys get a lot of kind of resources and, and materials from North Carolina State, right? Right, so we are affiliated with the land-grant university system. So in North Carolina, that is NC State and A&T University. Got it. And so Extension has been around for over 100 years. We receive federal funding, so it's across the country. And we're fortunately here in North Carolina, one of the states that continues to have a strong county presence. Mm presence here in our area so that and along with Texas so each state looks a little bit different based on local needs but uh, yes so um, we've been around for a long time and then our volunteer groups have been around for just as long which I think is very interesting so I bring that up because one of our volunteer groups the Extension and Community Association they helped to get Meals on Wheels started here in Gaston oh wow Oh, that's how that started. Yes. With the extension. Yes. What else does the extension do for anyone who's not familiar with the cooperative extension? That's a great question. And our level of service really covers so much in the world of traditional agriculture. So from working with uh, local growers to home growers, and we work with um, horticulture programming. So whether you're going to be doing commercial or your backyard, we also have youth and parenting and nutrition and wellness and forestry. So a lot of the areas that bridge out from agriculture is, you know, still some of the traditional programming we do. And now much of our focus in collaboration with each other is through local foods. Hmm. That's a little bit about kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about this med instead of meds program. And to get to the website where do you go? Do you go to the, the Cooperative Extensions website and it's all right there? Or where, where do we direct folks? Right. So it is simply medinsteadofmeds.com. What is great and what I always share with folks is that you don't have to create any kind of accounts. You don't have to have a password or a login. The information's right there. It's very mobile friendly. So, and it also prints out well for a lot of people, especially when it comes to recipes, we like to have those printed off and to be able to use. So it's very user-friendly. Nice. So for, for somebody that you know, I've heard about the Mediterranean diet, you know, off and on over the years, but what I <clears throat> remember about it is it seems to be like a lot of fruits and vegetables and then a lot of maybe seafood. Um, am, I, am I somewhere in the right ballpark or am I totally <laughs> off here? Right. Well, first of all, you are. So one of the things that you know we talk about in our, our workshop and our program is the fact that, first of all, um, the Mediterranean meal pattern is truly not a diet. So when we're talking about mm. this program, 
we're not talking about any particular, um, and also not any particular flavor profile of a country in the Mediterranean area. We're looking at the traditional eating patterns okay. of what was healthy and what now research, in fact, you know, at the beginning of January when we're getting bombarded with information about New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and health and diet, which we've talked about in a previous podcast as well. Yep. The Med- Mediterranean profile has really been recognized because of the evidence-based information around it as one of the best ways in terms of managing and preventing chronic conditions. So you're talking about more than just recipes. We're talking about meal times, how often you eat, how much you eat, when you eat, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Oh, That's wow. it, exactly. So and, and sorry to... What do, you, what do you mean by evidence-based? Can you That's explain a great what that means? <laughs> yeah. So that really means that looking at, you know, coming from the university system especially, is that the information that we're working to provide consumers and folks here in Gaston County and across the country is information that has been tested, and the research has been proven to show that. Mm. So that is really um, what makes this program so great, and really one of the reasons why I enjoy teaching that is because we're looking at just some of the key ways of helping people to explore their own food experiences and their own family's traditions and looking to be able to develop some healthier lifestyles using the foundations and the things such as really creating a meal pattern that is plant-based and limiting some of our red meats and other aspects of the Mediterranean meal pattern. So uh, describe what you're talking about. Like if I'm looking at a plate, what would a Mediterranean-inspired plate look like? Yeah, and that's a great question. We talk about that. So with our program, we actually have uh, seven simple steps that we talk about in our workshop that we offer you know, regularly. And you can, provide, you can find the information on the website, as we mentioned, some great tips for each of these. But we talk about uh, changing your protein. So the first thing we're looking about is downsizing the amount of protein and choosing lean white meat, so that may be poultry, that may be fish, and trying to incorporate more seafood into our diet. What and what is what is a typical serving of that white meat look like? Yeah. Like I've heard the like palm of your hand. <laughs> is that is that true? Yeah, the palm of your hand, or you can think of a deck of cards. Oh, okay. It's about a two to three ounce cooked portion. You know, maybe once or twice a day. And again, many folks are choosing to have more of a vegetarian-based diet, mm-hmm. and, and that's a great way of getting your protein in, too. And then we're also talking about choosing healthier fats. And uh, so we, we explore that. So whether you're choosing olive oil, which is one of the predominant fats that you'll see in our program. And let me also say, the Mediterranean profile, the Medway that we're looking at, is not a low-fat diet. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, one of the things we talk about is the fact that low-fat diets have not allowed us or helped us to lose weight. Mm. It has not improved our heart health. So we talk about why the research, research again, continues to push us into the direction of the Mediterranean way of eating. We also, again, the foundation um, really is that plant-based diet. So think about a plate that may, you know, have large servings of fruits and vegetables, in fact, when we start our first session, 
we mentioned we want you to eat lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. So it may okay. be seven to nine servings and that you're, you're talking, aiming for. You're talking about like whole fruits and vegetables just because this is a fun fact that I know. Oreos are vegan. They're plant-based. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. So if I'm looking at a plate of Oreos, I know that that's probably not <laughs> on the med diet. <laughs> Right, right. So we're talking about, and again, you know, we even explore that. Lots of green leafy vegetables. There's, you know, cruciferous vegetables, the variety, eating well, the what color. Is, what does cruciferous mean? So <laughs> when you think of the vegetable, like from the cabbage family, uh-huh. broccoli and cabbage oh. and bok choy. Okay. So when we start to, when, and we explore this in our program, but eating the variety of colors of fruits and vegetables, each of those colors mm-hmm really contain a wonderful uh, health compounds and antioxidants and all those great things that are really what is fighting disease. In fact, you know, there's a lot of different research that comes out all the time, and one of the key things that experts most typically agree on is that increasing fruits and vegetables is one of the key things you can do to improve your uh, health and to lower your risk of chronic disease. So there's much focus on that, that simple change. And then, of course, choosing to snack on nuts and seeds. That's another key focus that we're talking about. And then uh, choosing to make our grains whole instead of refined. And we actually spend time because, again, that can be a little deceiving when you start to look at food products and they're marketed as made with grains Mm -hmm. or a grain blend and especially bread so we start to actually explore food labels Mm -hmm. and to be able to identify that that was going to be my question about a whole grain because i you know i buy bread that's whole grain does that count or are you talking more like rice or oatmeal (laughs) yeah so that's and yes so we talk about those things so whole grain breads with the word whole in there does count okay but we're also talking about choosing to eat grains in their more more natural state such as like the oatmeal Mm -hmm. brown rice Um, so we're even spending time talking about some of those ancient grains our recipes have lots of great flavor profiles like with quinoa Mm -hmm. and exploring barley and exploring some new flavors but we also look at ways to maybe to be able to interchange your grain choices um, so that it fits your family's needs and what your flavor profiles are. I have to say I made a chili with bulgur in it uh, like probably last year. It has become my absolute favorite chili recipe. It's like mostly bulgur, which is a grain instead of meat. So it's a vegetarian chili. And I was really skeptical because I don't think I've ever even heard the word bulgur before, but it's delicious. It's what so good. What does it taste like? Like, what's the? It tastes like to chili. It? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it like soaks up everything around it, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's they're like I don't even know how to describe what bulgur it tastes like, but yeah, it just it just tastes like chili. It's like a bean. Okay. Bulgur chili. Huh. Yeah. So there's lots of you know th- this is one of I think one of the great things that most people really comment on is when we start to to look at the recipes and explore med instead of meds, there's so many great new flavor combinations that don't have to be complicated, and Mm -hmm. we talked about that as well, that meals need to be able to be simple enough to feed your whole family. It needs to taste great, 
so that everyone in your family will enjoy the meals. And it needs to fit within your budget. So we're not talking about expensive, costly meals. And, you know, that's part of the work that we do with Extension is really creating that and bringing that information from the university down to putting it into the lives of people in the community. And, you know, as we've all heard about inflation and the cost of food going up, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, many people will say, well, isn't eating healthier going to cost me more? Sure. And that becomes a big question as well. But when you think about what is one of the most costly food items that you purchase, it may be animal-based foods. So your meats, for example. So if we start to focus on things such as beans, and beans are and legumes are much less expensive. They're simple to fix. So, for example, lentils. We have a lot of great lentil recipes. And here in the South... That's not a real common food that we prepare. Right. But the great thing about lentils, if you buy a bag and you cook them, they take you, you don't have to soak them. Mm-hmm. They can be ready in 30 minutes, unlike things like pintos and navy and crowder peas and some things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the other aspect is we take these recipes and these healthy uh, ideas and make it work so that we can – Put a, we can take a dent out of our grocery budget mm-hmm. and reduce the cost. The other thing that we talk about with med instead of meds is limiting added sugar. And mm. we call that rethinking your sweets. And, you know, here in the South and really probably across our country, the majority of our added sugar comes from our drink choices. I was going to say, this is this is the attack ad on sweet tea coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally attacked right now. I'm drinking my tea with the creamer in it. I feel like I can't live without this, oh, this creamer. But I always feel so bad because <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, you know, this time of year, it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. So those nice, warm, comforting drinks... Um, often have a lot of, you know, extra sugar, added sugar. So we even explore some great ways to, you know, freshen your water and to reduce the amount of added sugar mm. in your foods and your recipes. We even have some great fruit-based and whole grain dessert items to kind of fill in there, which are absolutely wonderful. So this has been just a good time of the year to begin talking about med instead of meds because many people are – trying to make healthier choices absolutely, and to, you know, be healthier in general. But the other aspect of this that I think is really interesting, so we talk about slowing down and being more mindful and choosing to eat our meals and being aware, putting our devices away from the table, turning off the television, and actually making a meal a moment to enjoy. And that is hard to do, and that is not always the the natural flow of things. And especially, you know, if you live alone, for example, many people, you know, uh, so we, t- we do spend time talking about that and how to connect and then slow down, enjoy meals. Mm-hmm. And we also, of course, talk about being more physically active, mm-hmm. and that's another aspect of med instead of meds is building more movement and daily activity. Mm-hmm. And... This time of year, it's cold outside, and I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get under a blanket by the end of the day. Well, especially, yeah, it, when you're looking at potential ice storms and different things like that. It's like, hmm, going outside, not so much. Electric blanket? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, again, so having this information and being able to connect with other people who are trying to do this, uh, we also, as we're teaching these programs, we try to connect folks with activities and programs that are going on across the county. And there's lots of great programs, lots of great services. So whether you're wanting to do it in person or you just need some additional encouragement to being able to do it at home and the safety and privacy of your own home, but again, having that support and connecting with others, I think, is really important. And also, you know, there's a component about, um, you know, if you choose to drink alcohol, there's some guidance on that as well uh, about that for incorporating alcohol into the Mediterranean profile. But one of the things we do state, and in fact, some of the latest research has come out to say, don't start drinking to be more um, incorporative of your of the Mediterranean lifestyle. Um, so you can enjoy those benefits just by incorporating more fruits and vegetables into your diet. But it does give guidance if you choose to drink alcohol. So we do have some information on that. And then also incorporating the flavor of herbs and spices into your cooking and being able to experiment with that, which again ties so nicely into the work that we do with Extension mm -hmm. from growing and and cooking but you know and learning to use those herbs and to have them growing in your backyard so a lot of these aspects really flow into the work that we do with extension mm. and all of this is on the med instead of meds website yes it is and in fact all of the recipes and uh, through the resources the information has just been really packaged so well there are short video clips that have been professionally developed that you can watch. The recipes also are designed to be small scale. So if you, you know, live alone or there's just a couple of folks in your home, um, so they've been geared down to be a little bit smaller. Few ingredients. Mm -hmm. And also they give you ideas of how to interchange and be able to adapt. But one of the things I always mention is, being able to connect with the workshops is really a great way to explore. We've been hosting these programs through webinars, and what's been great about that is because folks from across the world have been participating, and to learn about the cooking styles and the traditions and the recipes of other individuals and other regions of our, our world has just been amazing. I think it's been a fun way to connect and to be able to share. I've learned more about food products and sweeteners that are being used in, you know, in the Middle East region of our world than ever before. So it's very, you know, it's a great way of connecting and just exploring some new ideas. We're speaking with Linda Mingus, who's the Family and Consumer Science Agent with the Gaston County Cooperative Extension. And Linda, looking at your signature, MPH, Masters of Public Health? Yes. RDN, Registered Dietitian? Yes. And LDN? Licensed dietitian. dietitian yes. Okay, so you've got just a little bit of educational experience behind what we're, what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> but really, you know, it, what's so interesting, and, and you probably hear this quite a bit, I probably learn more from the participants when we do these workshops, being able to explore, because when it comes to food and those choices and the traditions that we have, it's such an individual thing and being able to share ideas and help one another. So every time we do this six-session workshop, I learn or I gain new information that I hadn't thought about. Mm. So 
doing this online, that's been one of the great things, the outcomes of COVID is with Extension, we've been doing quite a few online workshops. We would traditionally do this in person, and that's great too. But with COVID, we've traditioned or we've transitioned over to that. Mm -hmm. And it's just been amazing. It's really great to connect and to hear, you know, how people celebrate holidays and what their favorite foods are and to share ideas on on how to make healthier changes or how they've transitioned or even how making some of these changes have improved their health. Wow. So, you know, I we had one participant, she was from Ireland, and she participated in on our workshop, and she said she lived alone, and there, during, there was a period of time when COVID, there were major restrictions mm-hmm. in her region of the world, and she said being able to connect through this program and just talk to other people had really been so helpful for her. Mm. She had lots of health issues. Um, so, you know, it, there's always something new to learn. But I think it's really interesting, too, and we didn't really hit on this, is talking about the role of fruits and vegetables and what research is showing in terms of brain health and even eye health. Oh, Lots of great information. You know, much, I thought it was interesting. I was at a training a couple of years back, and I heard the phrase, and this always stuck with me, that said, whatever is good for your, your heart is good for your brain. Okay. And that, to me, was an easy way of sharing. I like that. That was a good link. So, you know, we talk about all of these, you know, tr- nutrition and physical activity and managing stress as being good for our heart, but they're all, these tips are also great for our health in terms of brain health and development. Uh, so lots of research that's coming out along with that, and then um, also looking at, you know, how, again, managing chronic disease, learning how that even impacts hearing. And I don't know about you, but, you know, think about maybe older family members or friends. And I think about many of the people that we serve, hearing loss becomes an issue. It becomes a huge costly expense in terms of getting devices to help you manage that. Um, So there's a lot of new research talking about, you know, even the role of fruits and vegetables in helping to prevent hearing loss. Wow. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot more in-depth than what, what I would hear growing up, which is like you got to eat your carrots because it's good for your eyesight. So there's, there's <laughs> right, obviously a right. lot more to it in terms of all the different benefits than just like, all right, there's that one vegetable and it's, it's your parents guilt tripping you. Like if you don't eat your carrots, you're going to end up with, you know, thick glasses. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, and then finding recipes that really taste good. And, you know, kudos to all of the staff and everyone that has shared and created this toolbox of great recipes that are very versatile, versatile, easy to find ingredients, and that you can make it your own. Um, so, you know, we explore that as well and be able to talk about that. And part of what we do with Extension is to really try to connect these recipes to local food sources based on how they're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, and, and you've heard this and we've had this conversation so much of the time, you know, people in our community, we don't know what's in our backyards. We take advan- mm-hmm. we take that for granted. And that really is the case even with agriculture. So this is a great way for us to connect to local growers, find out what's in season, and to enjoy the bounty of, you know, seasonal eating too. You talked about some of the classes and you've been doing these for a number of years. What's some of the, the feedback that you've gotten from people that have taken the class and maybe some of the, the more 
surprising things that people have said that maybe you wouldn't have anticipated? One of the things, I guess, that still surprises me, um, a lot of folks um, have, you know, they will comment on that they were willing to try recipes, and there were a lot of foods that were new to them. And I guess uh, my husband always says that all I think about is food. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess that's technically true for the work that I do. But, you know, we all get in such a rut of eating the same foods from day to day. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that I find really interesting is that many people have not explored some of the varieties of things that are that are growing in their backyard in terms of trying. Um, it always, for example, it always fascinates me when I hear young children growing up in the Carolinas who've never tried watermelon mm. or had tomatoes. Mm. And so we have adults that, you know, have some of those same hesitations or resistance to trying new foods. So when people start to overcome that and being willing, it really gives them more encouragement and confidence to make the next healthier step. And so typically, once you start, you know, diving in and making some of these healthier food choices, then you may have a little bit more um, willingness or confidence to do some of the physical activity side. So when you see, again, over six weeks, of people feeling better, they're more engaged, they're starting to lose weight if that's been a part of their goal, or they're better managing their diabetes. Those are some of the outcomes that we get really excited about. And then they want to be more connected. What else do you have to offer? You know, what else can I do to continue Mm -hmm. this journey? And that's part of what we do with extension programming is trying to, to make this a lifelong process and to be able to share our resources, but also to connect them to the many great resources that are out there throughout our county. I guess in, in hearing you talk about the, the med, the med, not even really so much a diet, but it really it's, it's almost a lifestyle change. It absolutely is. And, you know, um, that is, you know, we know that it's nothing new. It's not any great exciting (laughs) new information but really we all have to find those simple you know strategies and choices that we can do for us and and what may work for you Adam may be entirely different for what's going to work for me right and that also I think we also have to keep in mind you know as time goes by what does work may need to change Mm -hmm. you know um, so for example physical activity. Many times people have kind of enjoyed, maybe they were runners or they went to fitness classes and whether they've had an injury or perhaps COVID and something comes up, then we have to figure out how to adapt and change. Mm. And that's okay. That's just part of our journey in self-management. But it's easy to get off track. Uh, One of the things we say in some of our programs is no matter how well you're doing it, we're each self-managing. Some Mm. of us are active self-managers and some are not. So part of what we're doing is trying to help folks to use these tools to make the healthy choice the simple choice or easier choice. Mm. Um, And it needs to be something that's fun that you can enjoy doing. So I don't know about you guys, but I use this example this past week when we were at the Kaiser Senior Center getting ready to get started for a program. And it was, it's going to be a physical activity program. And I said, how many of you have or someone that when you're stressed or when you're angry, you want to go run? Mm. Physical activity is what you go to. They looked at me like, 
<laughs> I had four eyes. Right, right. I said, in this cold weather, who wants to go home after work or in the evening and crawl under a blanket? Everybody raised their hand. I said, me too. <laughs> I said, so, I said, that's the reality. Most of us said, so you have to find what works for you and to make it fun. And so we were talking about that. And, and I used the example, you know, with our pets, and many of us have pets. I know over the years where my physical activity has changed, and I found and I realized years ago that I needed to have active dogs because for me, that would ensure that I would get out and I'd get moving, I'd mm-hmm. be outdoors. And that keeps me active and moving because I will do something more for, often for my dogs <laughs> than I will do for myself when it's cold, for example, because I know they, they need to go walk, they need to go run. And we laugh about that, but it can be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So we have to just think about how can we make, what can we do to make that healthier option something that we can live with. And it's those small, simple choices that end up impacting us the long, you know, the most, I think. And the older, the, uh, the older I get, the more I feel that that is true. It's the simple things you can do consistently over time. That's good advice. It's kind of like brushing your teeth. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, that's kind of what I think about. So, you know, so that's why when, you know, you see the New Year's fads or diets or all these products that you have to buy, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of those things can work for the short time. But again, the research shows when you, you know, ebb and flow between lots of weight loss and gain it back in, but gaining it back, there are health implications and that does damage to your body as well. So again, choosing the slow, steady path to good health is always a, a better option, even though it may not be as exciting per se. But it goes back to what grandma said, you know, eat your fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's always right. Grandma's always right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unless you're asking Grandma for directions or where in the parking lot the car might be. Oh. Then she's not. <laughs> I, I swear we parked over there. No, we didn't, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so if somebody's interested in taking the class, this is not something that's just offered once a year, right? That's correct. So we offer it. I, I do a program schedule every quarter, and based on the interest and scheduling, we try to offer this at least once a quarter. Okay. So And there's other times to log in. And what's great with these webinar programs is that they're recorded. So even if you can't participate in the live version, you can sign up and then watch it later. So there's a lot more flexibility with that. So again, uh, folks can you know reach out to me by email or phone number and um, learn more. We also have that information on our website. And and if you're looking for something immediately, go to med instead of meds.com or Google it, and you'll find that. So it's very easy to get to. And is there any cost to taking this class? No cost. Okay. Oh, I like free things. Absolutely. So (laughs) great resources and great, you know, one of the things that I like about this as well, uh, because based on your type of learning, it's, there's really different aspects for everyone. So there's some really great handouts that are simple. And, you know, like we mentioned, learning to understand food labels, we have some very nice, well put together handouts for that. New recipes are being added all the time. It's easy to access on a mobile device. So if you're at the grocery store, and you're deciding you want to 
try a recipe. Mm -hmm. You can pull it up easy. Um, but there's also some videos that you can watch too. So lots of good information, and that can be accessed, again, at no cost too, and, and you don't have to log in. So I know you'd mentioned a little bit earlier that, like, this doesn't have to mean, like, oh, because I'm eating healthier and I'm trying different things, it doesn't mean that my grocery budget's going to go out and double. Um, what are some of the ways that, that you guys work at the Cooperative Extension to try to connect people with the, the resources to be able to get fresh fruits, vegetables, these type of things that are going to help people that want to pursue this type of diet? That is a great question. So much of our collaborative work is done um, with partners. So, for example, we also have the Expanded Food and Nutrition Education Program, mm. which works with limited resource families with children, and we actually teach the, the budgeting skills and also look to see if they're connected with SNAP programming and additional resources that are connected with that. Um, we also try to connect folks to their local growers and we work with those growers to make it accessible and looking at policy and physical accessibility for folks throughout the community. We do surveys. In fact, we were working with the Gastonia Farmers Market during last year to survey folks to find out uh, what they were looking for, if they're utilizing the markets, mm -hmm. what works well, what doesn't work well, what are some of the barriers, what else would like they like to see. We also partner with um, the local um, adult services, trying to connect our older adults to making mm. sure that they have access and that they're connected and that you know many of them are eligible for SNAP benefits. And even when we do our programming, one of the things that I am so pleased with, I, I do a lot of work with older adults. And so we work here in Gaston County with adult services. So whether any of these programs, if we're doing in person, folks that are working with access to get public transportation can sign up for access so they can come to our programs. So we've had folks to actually come to for example, the Cherryville Library to do okay. our diabetes program who lived in Gastonia because they signed up in that connection with adult services. Uh, so that's, we don't have a, we don't do case management per se, but on an informal level, part of the tradition of the work of extension is connecting people to those resources. Mm. Because we work from, you know, childcare settings to churches to individuals, we're really always thinking th of the, the scope of how else can we connect you and get you the services that you need. Oh, that's terrific. And that, again, I think you, you talked a little bit earlier about just some of the things that people don't know that are in their backyard. Absolutely. And, you know, again, that's part of the great sharing. Um, you know, we'll have many people talk. You know, I always ask, where do you go when you're purchasing fruits and vegetables or how do you manage your grocery budget. And people will talk about, well, you know, this grocery store has this great sale and I always go there and get such and such. Um, so people get to share those experiences, mm. and especially when it comes to our own community. So that is part of the richness of bringing people together and really helping one another is connecting them. In fact, I was amazed. We were recently doing a fall prevention workshop and one of the participants in there had said that she needed a ramp built, but she was a widow, and she was really having difficulty getting connected with a contractor 
you know, finding someone that was credible, mm. you know, a lot of the fraud issues and scams sure. that was in the back of her mind. And she was so excited because through the participants, she found a contractor who actually came out. In fact, she missed a class because she had the contractor to come out and give her a quote. And she came back and she said, you just don't understand how much this means to me and how impactful because I've needed a ramp for two years and I have not been able to find someone that I felt like could make that difference. And that may seem like a very simple thing, but that connection with others and knowing who to talk to when you are isolated or you live alone um, is really important, especially as we age. Mm -hmm. So that's part of what we do. And even with our volunteers, because I had this conversation yesterday, you know, over the last several years, we've had many losses. And when in the world of volunteering, you see more older adults. And, you know, we're able to connect with them and check in with them. And that's why senior centers and these types of programs are so important is because people check with one another. And if they're not there, you call them. But also, if you know that they're having hardship, we had a staff member, there were some food programs going on. You know, local churches during COVID have been giving away free boxes of fruits and vegetables. Right. And we work to share that information with our volunteers and our contacts and posting that information, but also going to pick up for some of our volunteers that were homebound during COVID so they could have another family member to, to come and pick up for them. So that is part of one of the things that I just love about the work we do with Extension is that grassroots tradition that Extension has had for over 100 years. And that goes on in every county. Gaston County is not the exception. Sure. That, but that is how... That is how um, we work. It's very much um, working to find out what people need and where we connect them to. That's terrific. Just really appreciate you coming in, taking the time. This is, um, we did a uh, podcast episode right at the beginning of the year um, with Linda, and this will be one of the things that we're doing a little bit different in 2022. We're actually doing um, a series of podcasts, not only with uh, Cooperative Extension, one each month, but we're doing one um, with the Gaston County Art and Museum as well. So, Um, We have those to kind of look forward to, and uh, we really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to come in to talk to us, and we look forward to talking with you next month. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Linda.